Game on the left. Chop the run. Game on the left. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Renegade coaches in the building. Did he yeah, die this yeah. week or something again? Did he, he die for he the fifth time? Did. You know what I'm saying? Nah, you know he got busted off with his uh his hip hop his hip hop lyrics. Man, he ain't been here for a while. I don't know what it is. That's shit. crazy, yo. Like he was born in 1967. He died like about 12 years ago and shit. This dude is like ODB. Yeah. ODB. Shout out to ODB and his son YDB, who True. fucks with us. You know uh, what I'm saying? Um, good cat out here. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's Renegade Coaches, episode yep. 86. 86, yo. 86. 86. In the restaurant business, 86 means motherfucker's over. You know what I mean? It means it's done. It's a wrap. Word. But here in Renegade Coaches means, means we only getting started out. That's right. Um, what was you doing in 1986, Kamal? 86? I think I was graduating from... This 87. I was graduating from... <laughs> I was going to say... Old. From you high school. Graduated from college. I yeah, probably PhD. did. In I'm not ashamed of my age. I know you're not ashamed. I know. Age. I got three or four degrees. What you got? Uh, three, 33 degrees. Hey, you ain't got no. Standing on my square. Prison labor. <laughs> prison labor. Was, this uh, motherfucker uh, bragging. I, I, I'm, I'm proud, proud of my. He I'm got proud of my degree. Oh. I earned my degrees. Baby. Anyway. Yo, it's Ready Game Coaching. Yo, it's Kamal K. Franklin. I am Kalash Jamchanga, aka the Riot Starter. I don't start riots anymore. It's a rebellion these days. Oh, I like that. That was new, fresh. And who we got back there? Yo, and I go by the name of the Ear Doctor. The Ear Doctor. Oh, that was smooth. Ear Doctor's in the building. You know what I'm saying? We got a whole crew. All the Renegades in the building. We got Minister Server. Minister Server. How you doing? On the board tonight. There you go. You know what I mean? My man Jai. Don't forget Jai. Jai. Where Jai? Jai love. Jai's in the building. There you go. Jai probably shy. You know what I'm saying? He promised to hook us up with some stuff next week. Jai didn't come back with that that brown liquor. I don't know what happened. I know. Even though I don't drink. Oh. Some live shit. I think some live shit he's going to do. Can't handle the drink. Oh, you can't handle the truth. Anyway, this is Renegade Culture. You know what I'm saying? And for the record, you know, I did an interview earlier today. You did? Somebody spoke to you? I did. With this nice progressive radio station. Progressive, right? So they had all these nice, good white folks calling in and shit. And, uh, it's one particular white woman. She didn't like what I was talking about when I was talking about white privilege. Uh-oh. So she decided to tell me, and I said something about you know what she was dealing with was a case of white privilege. Mm-hmm. She uh, decided to tell me about her having black boys, black sons. Oh, damn. I okay. said, wow, okay. you have black sons. She said, yes, I do. And such and such, such and such. What do you have to say about that? I said, well, a whole lot of slave masters have black children. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> this is renegade culture. We don't fuck with us. True you that. in your motherfucking crib, smack the shit out your fat white wife, and lose our motherfucking mind, because that's what we do. Just because you got black in you don't mean you black. You know what I'm saying? Right. Just because you got Come black in you every night at Rachel 9 o'clock. Dozel. We don't go for that. You know what I'm saying? Satchel. What's the other Satchel chick name? The Rachel's cousin? That oh, oh the Sat- Satchel yeah. chick from last time. She's yeah. still trying to be know. black. Not Satchel. Yeah. Nigga, She's up. done, B. She's Satch- done. Satchmo. Yeah. That's what her name. Satchmo. Shut the fuck up back there. <laughs> Yo, so there's a lot going on out there in the world Stiny. today. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I don't know why he tries to talk so I have no idea. It's that Morris Brown <laughs> yeah, shit. I'm involved. I'm involved. So, yeah, we got a lot going on. Yeah. Um, that's happening not only like this upcoming, this, uh, this past week. That's right. Uh, we got a special guest that's coming on to our show tonight. Yes, we got a good brother who's been putting at work. My man, shout out to my man Frank Edwards in, in, in Charlotte, because he's like, you need to hook up with my guy out there and shit. I'm like, man, if he's a friend of yours, he's certainly no friend of mine. Oh. But I will fuck with him oh. if you come on Renegade Culture. <laughs> so tonight, we're friends. Anyway. <laughs> That's got nothing to do with our special guest. Nothing at all. Our special guest tonight is Brother Toria Walker, who's a Indeed. journalist, yes. a writer, a uh, social media um, um, 
I would say expert. And what's, what's the thing they call these social media folks? Uh, he's what Sean King is trying to be. Oh, that's true. He's a, that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but he's actually he's actually black, not like he's Sean black. King. But that's another oh, discussion. Oh, there you oh, go. Oh, 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 oh. You know, I, I don't know what's. We're gonna have to have a battle between Sean King and Kamau. Why? Wow, I, I like Sean King because I, I, I think it's I think it's some some light skin shit going well, on. Only one of us lightsabers. Only one of us. You talking shit, Oh. <laughs> I mean, don't think that your yellow teeth is. I mean, what's going on? <laughs> oh. <laughs> as light as they get up in this he bitch. Says, hey, you know hey. But go ahead. Bro, but anyway, we're going to talk about some serious topics when we get back because we're going to talk about like what I consider like black gender wars yes. that are playing out real life during this time period, how black men are being treated where we, uh, in terms of social justice movements, and whether or not black men are being set up to take the fall if Trump happens to win. And then we got our oh, what the, oh, what? That's what we talking about? We're going to be talking about some deep shit oh, tonight, Oh, shit, we're going to get excommunicated. Uh -huh. Me Too movement going to come in personally, smack the shit out of Kamau. Oh! <laughs> I'm going to be sitting in the back like, yo, I told that. That's what you are. Me. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to talk? You're not going to, you had no reason? I'm going to be like, me too, motherfucker. No, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Shit. I don't like what you said either. Oh, goddamn. Anyway. Yeah, there's a switch. But now we also, got, Nigeria. what else we got? Shout yeah, out. Talk about it. Shout out to all our people in Nigeria. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, when we say fuck the police, we're not just talking about local police and we're not just talking about white cops because some of y'all get it twisted. Be like, mm -hmm. well, black people kill black people too. Fuck them too. You understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But we say fuck the police from uh, New York to Nigeria, mm -hmm. from LA to Lagos. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, it's a lot of shit going on around the world. I think they said 56 people have been murdered over the last two weeks. Yep, yep. So we stand by our comrades, brothers and sisters, and citizens in Nigeria, and we say fuck that government. That's right. Because it's an imperialist fucking government as well. And they take cues and notes from these European allies and friends and that's right. And, and their mother countries and what a dictatorship so is a dictatorship too. is a dictatorship is a dictatorship. Right. If it that's ain't right. for black liberation, we not down with it. Yeah, fuck them. So so fuck them. That's fuck right. Ours. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. And we will have a, like a special what the fuck segment, and our musical guest is going to be a musical musical guest tonight. He's not just a musical guest. Oh, He's my fucking bad. brother Daoud. Oh, you got there, man. I just say musical guest. Oh, I, you say my bad. This man right here, he records live here at, at Playback Sound. Yes, what? he has. You know what I'm saying? Of, one of the originators. Hey, man, oh. uh, an originator. You know what I'm saying? True. And, and, and now there, yeah, he wanted 144,000 chosen. Oh! And, and every time I see him, he got at least 143,000 cats with him. I right. don't like his goddamn music. He gonna put his motherfucking <laughs> foot so far up your ass, his breath gonna smell like sneaker sneaker soul. Oh! Oh, goddamn no! So that was a, brother Daoud. That was brother a lie. Daoud, you got my check? Oh, okay, goddamn no! Go. Yo, renegade coaches, yo, we gonna take a break and be right back. Yeah. Never should have been let out the penitentiary. 
Fuck Ice Cube. Anyway. Oh. oh. You ain't gonna disrespect Cube. I, don't know. I can't disrespect Cube. Nah, not for fuck the lyrics. Cube. It's a nuance. There's a nuance. Cent, all these niggas. And, and me saying fuck Cube, I want him to get this clear. I don't give a fuck about who he talked to, Democrat, Republican, none of that shit. You know what I'm saying? I think the man has the right yeah, yeah, to speak yeah. to whoever the fuck he needs to speak to. I'm just saying fuck him just on GP. Just on general. What's just the general principle? I'm just What's the general say, principle? Because the motherfucker There's ain't some nuance. There's some nuance. There's shit for the black community in the whole fucking Well, that's that, that may be some and truth. And fuck Ice-T police playing ass oh, as well. So every, all you ice Every ice motherfucker yeah, is going to Ice baby, all the motherfuckers. <laughs> anyway, you listen to Renegade culture where you get froze the fuck up. Come Whoa, up fuck all anyway, the ices in the world. Yeah. Yo, so Renegade culture, yo, we back. Uh, our guest is here, Torian Walker. Brother Torian, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. So I just want to do a brief intro. Torian Walker is the founder and editor of Context Media Group. He's a writer, journalist, social media influencer with over 50 bylines and publications, including Teen Vogue, Huffington Post, Splinter, Race Bait, and a whole bunch of other places. And brother, we want to thank you for coming on. Definitely want to thank you here. Did they just say Teen Vogue? Yeah, I was like, yeah, Teen Vogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The man said Teen Vogue. Teen I Vogue never... is, teen, wait a minute, I'm sorry, Teen Vogue is all something radical, though, right? They got, like, they're doing some what, radical shit or something. They were right? when I was writing for them. They had this sister who was really serious about putting the stories into the public. And right. They, yeah, it was a surprising outlet to do that stuff in, but she was doing some really serious stuff. Then she got a um, gig at uh, Hollywood, and then that was a wrap. Okay, so, he said, <laughs> yeah, so everybody got wrapped up with that shit. He said Teen Vogue, he fucked me up. I'm like, this man went from Teen Vogue to Renegade Culture. He you know was like a motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you go from Renegade <laughs> Culture to Teen Vogue, then they mean we fucking up. Anyway, <laughs> it's on the come up. Good to have you in the building, man. How's everything going, though? Everything is good, man. Everything is crazy busy, but you know, with all the stuff going on, there's no rest for the weary, man. But it's good, okay. though. I'm man, in a good no space. No rest for the weary. Oh, that, See, that, you don't know where that comes from. You know what I'm saying? Well, that, that whole, that whole, that whole phase. Man. You know that? Yeah, you know about we do. That? Anyway, fuck that. Oh goddamn. So, um, let's talk about this shit. Yeah. What do we got going here? Well, I mean, first I want to do a little, uh, a little intro about the, who you are in terms of like some of your background. So you can tell us a little bit about what Context Media is, how you started it, and what's the purpose of it. Well, I started Context Media because, you know, like I said, I was working in mainstream media for a really long time. And um, I just got into mainstream media around the time that Mike Brown got murdered in Ferguson. So I was doing a lot of stories about, you know, police brutality, the protest movement, and that sort of stuff. But a lot of my stories had to go through editors that didn't have any kind of understanding of what the culture is. So I had to fight them there every step of the way to get a story out, whether it was in Baltimore or St. Louis, wherever. And, you know, I've realized that if you have a phone and you have access to technology, you can write your own story and you don't have to worry about anybody digging into your stuff and trying to tell you what to do. So I said, you know what, let me just start something, see where it goes, and it's been pretty good. Mm -hmm. And I I was going to bring up also, and you have developed some, uh, like a relationship with Kaepernick in terms of um, producing, or at least showing some of his stuff. Like you had a call when he came to Atlanta to do a workout and stuff like that. So tell us how that relationship began and and what's the, uh, and why you, as an independent journalist, um, have been able to work with Kaepernick with others haven't? Well, really, the way that came about was, um, you know, when, when he started doing his protests, a lot of people in the mainstream, well, let me say this first. There were a lot of people in the mainstream media who really wanted to tell his story and were backing him, but they couldn't because mm-hmm. they had gatekeepers. So what he did was he started looking out for people who were independent black journalists who, I guess, they, his people were, like, looking for people who weren't afraid to tell his story. And I was home one day with the day that he came to do his workout, and I got a call from his people and said, hey, Torrin, are you in town? I'm like, um, yeah, I'm in town. Um, Kaepernick's doing this work. I need most independent media there. Will you be there? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be there. <laughs> so I showed up. And um, there were quite a few other journalists there. Mm-hmm. I noticed that what he was doing and what his people were doing, they had mainstream there because anything he does is going to be news. Yeah. Right. So you know, what he did was he had the people who were in the mainstream on, a, on, on one level and the people who were close to the people, he had them close to him. And I thought, yo, that's dope what he's doing. So we ended up, um, I ended up getting some footage 
we actually talked for a little bit about um, what he's got planned and everything like that. And so we've been able to maintain a relationship from that point going on. It's dope. It's dope. So that was the, uh, the practice they was talking about from the, the training. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. That was the one that where they wanted to do it at the Falcons field. Right. But they sent that um, waiver in to say that if he gets hurt or whatever, they, they're not responsible for it. Right. And that was what the really stick, the sticking point about him moving it from where he moved it to down in um, South Atlanta. Right. You know, they tried to make it seem like he was being a diva and that sort of thing. But no, nah, I mean, if he's, out, if he's not a player, if he's not signed to a team, he does a workout and gets hurt, they're off the hook pretty much. So right. that's what that was really about. So they, that, that, was, that was their way of saying, you know, um, we're going to do this for the uh, for show. Mm-hmm. But in reality, we like, you know, still fuck you. Yeah, we pretty still not going to sign you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I want to get I want to get deep into uh, something that I think is is big on social media. In fact, you probably have helped make it big, uh, and have made some things go viral recently, which is around how black men, um, in particular, have been uh, sort of portrayed in this moment uh, by let's say by sort of like not only white liberals but a liberal class, a liberal elite, um, in terms of its sort of interfacing with the black community. And what I mean by that is. Uh, uh, I'm going to start off with the Trump thing, just because this is sort of omnipresent. You put out a tweet a little while ago that talked about it feels like there's going to be a setup to blame black men if Trump loses based on sort of the percentages of, of black men who said they're supporting Trump and so forth. At least people have been putting that story out there. So why don't you explain a little bit about the, the tweet and what you think could happen in terms of black men potentially being blamed if Trump wins the election. And what do you mean by that? And also, who would be behind that? Because it, it, it didn't just come out of thin air. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically the tweet was my reaction to seeing how people were moving on social media when, it started, when the conversation moved into like black male voters and that sort of thing. There was no information or there was no real conversation about you know, reaching out to black men as a voting block and trying to find out what their needs are. What I saw was people who, um, I like to call them blue checks, on social media, they're basically um, journalists who are verified journalists, but you know they write for blogs and they write for like white media. I saw this narrative starting to take shape about like black men are completely patriarchs and they don't want to really share any kind of power with black women. They want to be close to white men. I saw that happen, and so I said, okay, what's happening right here is they don't really want to deal with this horrible these these candidates that they have. What they're going to do is set up this situation where like. These candidates are so bad that there's a very good chance that they're not going to win. I'm talking about Biden and Harris. Mm-hmm. If that happens, they're going to blame that on black men, even though only maybe 11% of black men have an approval rating for Trump. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, no, it's 19%, yeah. 19% according to... Um, 19% for black men and 11% for black yeah, women. Yeah, according to the Gallup poll. So when I saw that, I just put that out, and the minute I put that out, I started getting a lot of pushback from some of the people I was talking about. They were saying, you're being a hater. Why are you not listening to black women? And it wasn't so much that I wasn't listening to black women. I just wasn't listening to them, and mm-hmm. that's what they had an issue with. Um, so that's what's been happening. And if you go back and look over um, social media for the past week or so, everything I predicted came to pass. Every day somebody's showing up on social media saying, hey, why are black men like this? I feel like black men just really want patriarchy, and they just want to share space with white men. And this is coming from people who share way more space with white men than anybody else has if you want to talk, if you want to get into that. <laughs> but um, so that's really what that was about. Um, so I was just trying to like make people aware that this, this, this fix is in for this sort of thing. This narrative is going to take shape, so just be aware of it. Yeah. So that's what that was about. Yeah, the crazy part to me is that since when is 18 or 19% some huge number when you have, again, 81, and again, I'm, I'm not even saying Biden is some, obviously he's not some idea candidate, right. but you have 81 to 82% of black men who will probably vote for Biden. Uh, you have 89% of black women who will probably vote for Biden. 
And so you have basically something that people always claim that we're not, right? This monolithic mm-hmm. of black voters who are voting for one candidate, but yet folks have decided that this is an opportunity to sort of divide and conquer or create some space between black men and black women. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be part of what's happening on social media. And again, whether or not it's for, I think what you're alluding to, because there's sort of this liberal elite that's kind of saying, there's, uh, let's, let's lift up black women who I think should be lifted up because there is a history of patriarchy in our movements and our mm-hmm. history, but let's lift them up to a point where they're siding with white women and white men who think of themselves as liberal, who have some sort of social justice agenda, and all of a sudden make black men the outcasts within that, particularly uh, uh, black men, and, and using like a small percentage of black men, I should say, mm-hmm. to sort of justify this larger, what seems to be this larger attack on, on black men. So do you, do you think that uh, this whole thing is them following the whole, uh, if you don't vote for Biden and you ain't black type position? Because it seems like they fed into that whole particular uh, narrative by, by it's like it was a subliminal message and shit. The motherfucker cast out there like, if you don't vote for this, then you ain't that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it seems like that particular type thing. What, what's your thoughts on that? No, I don't think that's it. I think that's a symptom. I think what Biden said was a symptom of watching that. Right. Um, because what you're seeing now, this, this narrative has been going on for a very long time. It's been going on for at least five years now. Honest, to be honest with you, it started happening around about the time that Ferguson became a situation and everybody became aware right, of what was right. going on with police brutality. There was a narrative that took shape that kind of moved that. If you go back and look at the original, what happened in Ferguson, what you saw were people from the streets, black men, black women, black kids. It didn't matter what your identity was, if you were black and even some white allies and some people who were people of color were out there fighting against the police. Mm-hmm. Somehow, what happened was that narrative got shifted off of police brutality into this thing about identity and about gender and this sort of thing. And that was not what people were out there about. So what you're seeing right now is just a manifestation of something that happened four or five years ago. Right. Now, with that, do you think that was uh, due to the lack of organization? Because we were in Ferguson as well, and we saw a lot of marching up and down the street by certain factions. It was just like, I mean, it was like literally like this one block where motherfuckers just turn around. And then you have in the church, you had the Sharptons and the Jacksons and all these other um, um, trolls. Do you think that uh, them being out there was part of the, uh, the problem as far as just the whole lack of a, a organizational structure? Because I, I don't think there was any structure out there. There was so many different groups that grew out of that particular piece. Mm-hmm. And I think the only true organizers out there were the grassroots who actually were raised up from that particular yeah. piece. But since they didn't have, uh, they weren't as politically astute as some of these other folks that moved in. Um, I don't know, do you think that was part of the whole well, the opening? No, here's the thing. I think the people who were on the ground in Ferguson were very organized as far as like on a local level. The people who came to prominence out of Ferguson were very organized. They were way more organized than they were. Right. And they had a lot of backing that people still can't qualify where the backing came from. That's what happened with that. You know, the people who were living in Ferguson, if you were in Ferguson and you know how Ferguson is, Ferguson right. is serious. It's mm-hmm. like, it's a day-to-day struggle to survive in Ferguson. Mm-hmm. It's real. So if you are out there every day risking your life, you're really thinking about your next, you really think about what your next moment is going to be. You don't have time to set up GoFundMes. You don't have time to worry about when CNN is going to come. You don't have time to organize all that stuff. The people who showed up knew how to do that. Right. That's what the problem was. So it wasn't that people weren't organized. They just weren't organized on the level of the people that came in and changed that narrative. Right. And I think part of it is, I mean, even even prior to Ferguson, we had Trayvon Martin, which is really sort of like when the hashtag of Black Lives Matter in particular mm-hmm. sort of took off That's and became right. this umbrella 
thing. And then under Ferguson, it exploded, right? Yeah. And it exploded to where, again, there was no longer any, uh, it's almost like the grassroots groups, the folks on the ground, because all of this was local organizing. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it became this umbrella term that the media picked up on, that liberal foundations picked up on, and all the resources started going, like you're saying, to these, these larger national groups yeah. and not to the folks on the ground, which became part of the struggle where you've had a lot of fractions and, and interactions with folks on the ground saying that, you know, like these, these movements weren't made for somebody to helicopter in, claimed they were doing this, claimed they were doing that. The, the, the larger, again, national funding goes to them, mm -hmm. they leave and we're still stuck with the problem. Yeah. Um, and that feels like part of what's happening. And then another part, we're going to take a break real quick, that I want to get to really seriously when we come back. And I think you and some others have been talking about this, pointing, pointing this out, is that even in the police brutality movement, there's this idea of lifting up dead black men, but black men who are alive cannot get, uh, cannot get involved or take being leadership in social justice movements. And I know mm -hmm. that's kind of controversial, but I wanted to like, dig deep into that and talk a little bit about what that means uh, and what is what is the social justice movement that's happening right now as you see it and as we all see it. So. Mm -hmm. Okay, Kamal trying to start some shit over here. All right. Anyway, we listen to Renegade Coach. We'll be back to back. Fuck back. When I hear whoop whoop, I be ducking them hoes. What anyway, Renegade Coaches, <laughs> we're in the building. I don't know what this man don't know nothing about no revolutionary oh, music. Oh, oh he yeah. Was, that's he was weird. somewhere else. What, what, Shout out to DPs. You know I, what I'm saying? I, I, I know you don't know nothing about Dead Press. No, no, no. Why would I? I only represented them. You, you know did saying? represent them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's oh, all I did. When I was talking to them, they like your quality. Uh, they love you. They give you percentage. This motherfucker right here. I take 80%. 80%. <laughs> so he back with Brother Torin. There you go. I fucked up his name. I, call, I was calling him. You I've known the brother for like, shut the fuck up. I've known him for three years. Do we? Did I keep calling him Torian. And, and so on the air, now he wants to correct me. <laughs> I mean, well, the man. My bad, my bad. It's not as bad as some I've heard, so it's all he good. Like, look, I usually pay attention to this motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. <what he's> <laughs> Pretty he's much. Like, he's like, Torian, Torian. He's like, oh, like oh, leave me alone. Come who is this dude? Like, who's the old dude anyway, Come on, shut the fuck up. Oh, we back to Renegade Culture with Torin Walker right here. Thank you, uh -huh. bro. Who, and, oh, you know, who, who ripping the goddamn tweets up and shit. Yeah. Doing tight buys on these motherfuckers. Laying them all the <laughs> way out flat line. Flatting them. Ooh, fucking them up. Tonight, he talking about some real controversial shit. I know. Because of the fact that it's kind of illegal to speak out about the issues that's going on in black, <laughs> in black men here in America. You know what I'm saying? Because often, like you said earlier, if you disagree with someone, if you disagree with certain women, then automatically you are a patriarch. And, and, and that's not always the case. Some men don't know what the fuck they're talking about, and some women don't know what the fuck they're mm -hmm. talking about. You don't get no motherfucking award for being the first black fucking uh, motherfucker to get, the, get the, the answer wrong on Jeopardy. Motherfucker, you just, you just wrong. Hey, Kamal, what was that short question you uh, Oh, goddamn. Well, I like how you interrupt me, goddamn. <laughs> Test two, baby. Anyway. Well, you know what? Well, you know what? First, I wanted to go back and finish up this Trump thing because I think my brother's server brought something up that was good. So this Ice Cube 50 Cent thing, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit more about that in the What the Fuck segment. But I, I unite with like some of the stuff I thought Ice Cube was at least trying to do. I didn't think he necessarily did it 
uh, in the most artful way. But, um, but do you think, I know folks went out and attacked him, again, on this issue about the monoliths and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I, did you see like, any value in what Ice Cube was trying to do? Um, and what did you think about some of the retorts to Ice Cube in terms of challenge challenging both Biden and Trump? Well, yeah, look, I see, I see value in any uh, people who are trying to get tangibles from black, for black people. I don't care where you go to try to get that. Now, what I think, is, do, is anything going to come out of that? Who knows? Most likely not. Mm -hmm. But I think the fact that he was able to try to, um, I won't say bridge the gap because that's a corny ass statement, but I think the fact that he, whether the plan was good or not, I think the fact that he went out there and said that I went to Biden, nobody told me to wait until after the election. I went over to the Trump camp and they said, well, let's take a look at it. We need to get out of this idea of uh, being loyal to parties and be loyal to black people. So that's why I think the value in that was. And that was interesting because, because later on it came out that Biden was talking to Republicans yeah. about trying to get them in his cabinet. And those same folks, uh, whether or not they're black men, black women, or whatever, white folks, who jumped on Cube have not now jumped on Biden, who's actually welcoming right-wing Republicans into his cabinet. And the only thing Cube said was, again, I think he did it inartfully, was that, you know, Trump responded to my shit, and Biden just told me to wait till the fucking election is over, and then I'll try to talk to you. Yeah. Right. And I think he was trying to report. Yeah. You know, he was really trying to say, look, you know, man, I went to this motherfucker, and this goofy motherfucker said this, and then I went to this motherfucker, and this goofy motherfucker said yeah. such and such. And Trump, what, what Cube didn't realize was that when you're dealing with the devil, the mm -hmm. devil's the devil all the fucking time. Mm -hmm. So they're going to take whatever it is you have, the sound bites and all that shit, flip the shit, next thing you know you're an enemy to people. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the problem here is oftentimes these artists have no politics, and you expect folks to speak for you who don't can't even speak for their damn self. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Um, you know, I say fuck cube still. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now, and fuck I, the haters and the detractors. Now I don't agree I'm with fair. that. I don't agree with that because if you look at Cube's history, man, you go back to even when he was still an artist when he broke away from NWA. Yeah. After he dropped America's Most Wanted, the next thing he dropped was Death Certificate and he had Khalid Muhammad and he had a lot of politics that were radical at the time. You know what I mean? If you go okay. back and listen to it. Oh no, look, look, look. if I go back and listen to it. I just listen to the shit. You just listen to it? I was. Oh. And I agree with that part, but that was then. If we're gonna use that same, if we're gonna use that particular uh, point, then we'll say that shit, uh, Bobby Rush was a Panther back in the 60s. Right now, he's a fucking sellout politician in the joint. We don't, you don't get props for what you used to do. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? That's like, I, I, I got a problem with motherfuckers be talking about they, I used to be in the movement, I used to organize. I don't respect movement dropouts. Mm -hmm. The war's still on. You know what I mean? So, what he did before, that was great. I respect that, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But he went from death certificate to all this other shit. He trying to, he trying to be Hollywood right now. He want to know are we there yet, motherfucker. He don't care nothing <laughs> about all that other shit. Well, all his solutions are this black capitalist based. And that's that, all that's it is. And that's I all like it is. So it's not, it's not that we don't, you know, we're not throwing, my point, I'm not throwing away the baby with the bathwater. But look, because I'm up here tonight and I might be talking some righteous shit and I go out tomorrow and rob a couple motherfuckers just because, you ain't gonna say, well, shit, he, you know, the podcast is great. But some people might. They might parse that yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. I was getting ready to say, man, you might. You, people will excuse anything if they like you enough. You know? Of course. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. So let's get, so let's get to back to this, this, uh, this other such report that's ha happened in the movement over the last five or six years, too, um, that, you got, that you've talked about a lot, um, is whether or not black men are only loved when we're sort of victims of police brutality 
And when we're live, there seems to be a, um, some emphasis to say, to sort of shut up and get lined. And you've, you've, you've talked a little bit about that. You want to expound on that a little bit? Yeah, I've talked a lot about that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's definitely a thing. Um, there are people who insinuated themselves in the movement work who will show up at the second that some black man dies at the hand of the police, but they have absolutely no love and they have no respect for a living black men to the point where you can't even open your mouth in certain spaces. Um, when, I'm going to go back to Ferguson. Mm -hmm. When that happened, I was able to like, um, get close to a lot of people who, were, who, I, who I thought at the time were really serious about putting in work right. and were trying to build in communities and that sort of thing. And um, I could almost see the rhetoric starting to change from we need to get justice for black people. And it wasn't just for black men. It was just the fact that so many black men were being murdered and being brutalized by the police. Yeah. That's where the focus was, and that's where everybody went. So it moved, I, saw the, I saw the conversations begin to move from like, Let's get justice. Let's try to pass legislation. Let's march if we got to. Let's tear it up if we got to. Mm -hmm. It started moving out of that into this whole thing about like, well, if you're a certain gender, if you believe in a certain identity, then you need to speak and nobody else can speak. Or you're more qualified to speak more than anybody else. And if you were a man and you were alive, then you pretty much were getting frozen out of that. Uh, and and, it's, and it, to the point where now you can't even open your mouth if you're a man and you're a black man and try to say anything in any kind of movement space, you'll get rushed out of it. I've seen it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know where that came from. I have a couple of ideas, but it's definitely a thing. You know what I mean? And these are people who, a lot of these people, if you go back and look at their histories, they have either some sort of personal trauma that they're dealing with or they have some sort of issues that they've grown up with or they have some sort of issue in movement spaces where they felt like they were being marginalized and pushed out. And there is a history of that with certain people. There is a level of patriarchy in certain spaces, but that's not a blanket thing by any stretch of the imagination. And I think these people are using that, and they're using that sort of rhetoric to try to push themselves, and that doesn't do anything for the people. Pushing the envelope. Is it uh, a coincidence that this whole Black Lives Matter movement began to really take form during that particular, uh, during Ferguson? I believe um, so. Um, and the, the particular rhetoric that they use, do you think that that has something to do with it as far as just that whole, uh, we're switching these gears. And I know that that's a controversial statement, but um, you know, uh, I'm not afraid to speak you know, in front of any fucking body. And if it hurts your feelings, then your feelings are just hurt because of the fact that I agree with you. Um, I've been in many places where it's like you can't speak if you are a black, uh, a straight black male. You know what I mean? And that's not to disrespect anyone else. I'm just saying, you can't use your motherfucking pain on me you can't transfer it to me to make you feel good. That shit ain't fair either. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think it's definitely what happened. Um, I think what people get twisted is that there's the idea of Black Lives Matter, which is the slogan that just says Black Lives Matter, and then there's right. the organization Black Lives Matter. They are two totally different things. Right. You know what I mean? Um, it was very good marketing to put that together because it's, a, not, it's an idea that nobody really, you know, if you really believe in humanity and you believe in humanism, nobody is gonna have an issue with the phrase Black Lives Matter. But when you have an organization that uses that and they use that as its name and they use that to push all kind of agendas through that have absolutely nothing to do with rank and file poor and working class black people, it's hard to fight against that. So to answer your question, yeah, I think when that, when that organization began to form or began to take prominence in Ferguson over the other organizations, that's definitely when it happened. And if you look at who runs that organization and if you look at who funds that, it'll make sense. Okay. I, mean, I think one of, the, one of the things that always comes up for me is um, so I think, I think a correction is okay. Like, I think there is a history within black movements of, of black men like, being overrepresented in leadership, right? And, and I think some of the patriarchy, particularly right, even within black revolutionary and black power movement spaces, is real. So I do see 
um, you know, some need to make sure that other voices, uh, LGBTQ women and so forth, um, get to share and lead in different spaces. What mm -hmm. I think I have to, what my issue becomes is I think similar to what you guys are hitting on too is that um, it's one thing to say that we need to share leadership and be respectful and understand the harm and hurt that may have been caused both past and present. It's another thing to sort of say that you are no longer can have any leadership Right. Or that you're, that uh, any any ideas you have don't matter because now the only thing that matters is representation. Yeah. And I think that's the sort of rub that I think, particularly like younger organizers, uh, there's like there's pushback and disagreement and discussion. Some of it is good, uh, but some of it gets into my feelings get hurt, and then I, I'm gonna call you an oppressor, right? Because I don't agree with you and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And I think mm -hmm. that becomes for me the part of the discussion and debate um, where we don't necessarily come to like a good a good place where we're having these good, like, you know, these good um, 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 discussions and ideas of exchange, where instead it gets to be like, oh, I don't agree with you, you're oppressing me, and so therefore, shut the yeah. fuck up and, and move out. Yeah, that's definitely a thing, man. It's to the point where, like, if you make somebody feel bad, then automatically you're an oppressor. And if you're in a, if you're in any kind of political space, if you're in a business space, if you're in any space, you're going to have conflict. You're going to have diehard, you're going to have hardcore arguments. Mm -hmm. As long as it's respectful, and you both understand that you're trying to get to a common goal, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you silence people who you claim to be helping or silence people who, who you say are oppressed, but you're basically oppressing them by not letting them speak, what good are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're gonna be right back with our uh, third segment of Renegade Culture. My man, my man, Torin. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got it. I, I was saying. Finally got it right. All right. Finally. Finally. So you got to do a break and be like, I'm gonna have a drink and be like, yo, Torian, brother. We're like, Torian. I'm gonna fuck it up again. Yo, Renegade Culture, we're gonna be right back. Wow. Never found my place in the crowd, so I stayed from the crowd. They laughed at me then, but look at their faces right now. Jigga gave me the blueprint. I've been chasing it out, never chasing the clout. I'm just embracing my route. Never catch me worshiping false idols. How you flexing in the rental with no car title? And when it come to street credit, you got a low FICO. But you know I must move criminal like the GOAT Michael. Really, my psyche like Michael Myers, my flow psycho. If your intentions ain't genuine, I just don't like you. Who said I ain't good in the hood? I just stroll right through. Fuck what you heard, niggas know that I've been cold like flu, so no comparisons, cause I'm the rarest one. I got respect for some niggas, I just ain't scared of none. Why every time when they need some help, I be there for them. But every time when the tables turn, I ain't hearing none. Huh. That's just how it is. 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 You know what? Repeat this. Lottie Dottie, we like the party. We don't cause trouble when we... Nobody, nobody. Okay. All right, yeah, yeah. man. Okay, yeah. Kamal probably know one of the songs. <laughs> anyway. I mean, when you do, when you actually are, you know, like, we got the Come on, that's Slick Rick, son. You got to check like, like you Well, know, yeah, I mean, man. he actually, he did it right that time. So you I know, did it right that time. Yeah, he did. Thank you. Uh, whatever four, whatever four, that four, means. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, we're sitting here with our guests. I am Kalanji Jambachang alongside. Kamal K. Franklin. And we have. The ear doctor. The ear doctor. In the building. And we have my man, Torrin Walker. Kamal finally got his name right. Been knowing the man for. 13 years and shit. That's my man. Dude, one of the black Kamal eye and shit. He oh. called me up. He like, yo, this nigga say my name wrong, son. <laughs> Stepping up. He like, yo, I'm wearing some burgundy kicks. So I got to step up in his rectum. You know what I mean? Ah, you already God know damn, what it is. Yo. That's, that's, why, that's why he hasn't been retweeting my shit, man. He's like, you nigga, say my name wrong. Say my name. Say my name. <laughs> say my name. Tobin. Tobin. Oh, that's no, not Tobin, motherfucker. Tobin. Anyway, Tobin. speaking of Tobin. Speaking of Tobin. Jeffrey Tobin. Jeffrey Tobin. <laughs> Jeffrey Tobin. You know who that is? Too. Yes, Jeffrey Tobin playing with his tuba. Oh. <laughs> on Zoom. So the CNN legal 
legal expert, right, who's been on the air, who's written books. Um, he's like, you know, somebody who's... Lying-ass bastard. Well, I don't know if he's a lying-ass bastard, but he's a well-known <laughs> pundit and intellectual. And apparently he was on a call yes. um, at another gig he had. Trying to get a Pornhub job. On, on Zoom. Yes. And he didn't know the Zoom was on. Trying to blow his oh. own tuba. And so apparently, and this is our what the fuck segment, if y'all haven't it is what discovered the fuck, that or whatever like that. Didn't realize it yet. And he didn't realize that the Zoom camera was, was on, and my man was. Wait, hold it. It was. Pee Wee Herman. He was doing his Pee Wee Herman. He was doing the Pee Wee Herman thing. Yo, oh, don't, no, they no, got him no, recorded no. with tweezers and everything. Oh. He's a white man. But he was listen. <laughs> so this motherfucker right here. This nasty bastard. <laughs> now, all the fucking Zoom calls we knew. I yeah. mean, the air doctor knew how to operate Zoom. Oh. What are you, CNN? There was one time when he did turn the camera off real fast. Did, yeah, he did. Oh, like, goddamn. Yeah, you know interrupt everything. But nope. anyway, Whatever. how the fuck you don't know that, the, first of all. That your Zoom is on. Whether it's on or not. Why are you doing it right there? Nigga. I mean, who or the fuck is the guest that you saw? Or after. He's like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? That's a true what the fuck. I mean, I understand you was watching Edison Cooper on the other goddamn joint. And you decided to start playing with your wee-wee. I don't understand it, man. Maybe Kamal know. Fuck you. <laughs> and then my man had to come out with an apology. He's like, I apologize to my wife, my ch Yeah, you better apologize, motherfucker. Nasty motherfucker. You just fucked up your, like, $500,000 hey, job at Jeffrey. Jeffrey, you nasty motherfucker. You nasty bastard. He's just beating his meat, man. Oh, god damn. That's so I mean, that's what the fuck he was doing. So speaking about somebody who's like a meat beater. What the yo, fuck? Yo, I was saying, what the fuck? So your man, 50 Cent. Oh, the man said 50, 50 was a meat cent. beater. Yo, 50 Cent, because he, he looked over uh, Joe Biden's tax plan, so he claimed. Yes, he claimed. And he read some article about it. Uh -huh. and said that the tax rates for rich people would go up for too much. Yes. And so therefore, he's no longer going to vote for Biden. He's actually going to vote for fucking Trump. The man said he don't want to be 20 cent. Yeah. He want to be 50 cent. cent. <laughs> now, I, I, you know, I know that certain, certain uh, uh, bash radio this black shows man. and all this, this shit. This black man deserves to be back. He deserves to be back? This black man in particular. Oh, man. Tor Tor you, you, you unite with that? You uniting? You uniting? Tor no, I'm, like, I'm, I'm going to agree with that. What? 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 I'm going to sit over here and chill. Man. Hey. Oh. Hey. Hey. Torrin over there. Hey. Yo. He go Torrin. Torrin, like, listen. If you go back to his first album, 21 questions. <laughs> it was the bomb. <laughs> now he won't get quiet. Torrin, stop that shit, man. Yo, yo <laughs> can you not relate because you don't make that much money? Like, you like, yo, dude's going to be all in my pockets. I ain't fucking with him. A lot of people people are voting for Trump just somebody, about their dollars. Somebody slapped Because of who? About their dollars in their pocket. They like, yo, we want to keep our money. That's true, but they're just getting quiet about it. They won't talk about it, but they best believe they're doing it. And some of them are black. Yeah. That's right. Uh-oh, Torrin speaking. Torrin, are you for the black man or against the black, black man? man? Apparently, I don't know. I understand. Torrin, Torrin <laughs> with your way to win, bro. Well, right now, though, Torrin's like, we're black man no <laughs> matter what. We all black, man, brothers. Anyway, listen. I'm just saying. Fuck 50 Cent. Yeah, fuck 50 Cent. That's the official renegade culture position. <laughs> fuck the air <laughs> doctor. <laughs> yo, yo, but power is good. <laughs> fuck power too. Fuck the power. New, the new episodes suck. <laughs> What's that little little motherfucker look like a squirrel on there? That shit ain't even good since the first season. How the fuck you at a goddamn uh uh, Ivy League school, and you just happen to have two black teachers on that motherfucker. Talking I don't, about, I don't, get the fuck out of here. 
So check it out. We not we not Biden fans, obviously. Yeah, fuck Biden. But we certainly ain't fucking with Trump. Fuck Biden, Kamala Harris, Trump, Trump, Pence, Ice Cube, goddamn Ice Cube. Ice Cube is nuanced. Sweet Pea, whoever the fuck. So one more thing on our what the fuck segment. This is a couple weeks over on. A week's old, I should say, but the, one of the founders of the Black Lives uh, Matter movement. Are you talking about Black Lives Matter again? We're going to bring it up again. Oh you know what I'm saying? Oh, my goodness. We're going to get blackballed. Oh, goddamn. <laughs> We're not going to get none of those resources. We ain't getting no money. Ah, anyway. shit. So, Patrice Colors, uh, who's Patrice the founder. Who? I said uh, Colors. Oh, okay. Is that right? You I thought it. about Ice T. Oh, you're back with Ice T again. You know what I'm Good. saying? <laughs> so, she recently got a TV deal, I think, with Warner Brothers mm-hmm. um, to produce uh, media shows and so forth. And it just seems a little like, you know, I don't want to shit on nobody getting their money. But, you know, again, the idea that folks who started off doing something around social justice movement work, mm-hmm. and now it seems it seems the movement has turned into now a platform. Entertainment. Yeah, yeah, for folks to come up and as opposed to opposing capitalist institutions, white supremacy structures, it feels like folks are getting some money off of these things and the movement thing sometimes uh, takes a back seat. Now this is some ill shit because about 10 years ago we were invited to participate in an, uh, a, a joint where it was like a kind of a real world type thing where motherfuckers wanted to follow us around, day to day activism and all that. And we said fuck that because of the fact that we know how they do the spins and shit, right? So it's ill that you went from that particular situation, then they had the whole BT cop watch program thing going mm-hmm. with, with, with most of the motherfuckers on there. We ain't never yeah. seen it in the streets. Yeah, most of them the do no work, but I'm just the majority saying. of them. Yeah. But um, we like a couple. Yeah, you had we do like a couple. You, you we did that shit. I mean, they did that shit, and now they're talking about this sister having who? What? What? Uh, was that Warner Brothers or? Yeah, Warner Brothers. Yeah, Warner mm-hmm. Brothers. I mean, Warner Brothers. The motherfucker with Daffy Duck and goddamn. Uh, What's the other motherfucker that I had? That'd be um, Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny, all these motherfuckers. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm He's like, I don't remember the black one. The yeah, dark. yeah, you know, pro-black. Fuck you know? Bugs Bunny. <laughs> Fuck Bugs Bunny, goofy-ass rabbit. But anyway, this shit is like wild that this is this is cool and no one has a problem with it. Or that you even willing to even cut a deal with these motherfuckers talking about for programming. What kind of fucking programming are you going to be having on, 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 on television? There won't be any black men on it, I promise you. Won't be no black men. Torrance back, goddammit. <laughs> Torrance said it won't be the black man. It won't be. You have black families, not man, black man, no black sons, nothing. Yeah. Well, I, I hope the programs are good. I mean, I'm just worried about the idea that, that again, a, a social movements, right, political movements, are being used, and it's not the first time, right. and I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's on purpose, yeah. but I'm also saying that people have stepped into a space where these institutions that are white supremacists, that support totally um, white, supremacist. uh, 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 white white folks in control, uh, yes. prominent white characters, and always like these second tier black characters, that that's what's happening, and that we're signing deals with them, and we're no longer in the streets talking about what's going on with our people, liberation movements, and so forth. And exactly. that's my big thing with it. That's the Jesse Jackson shit, though. That's yeah, the that's the that, Jack, yeah. With Jesse Jackson, with fucking Pepsi. Al. Yeah, and Al with Fat Coke. Al. They, they go make Fat these Al fucking deals. Fat Al and Skinny Al. Yeah, Fat Al, Al, Bobblehead Al, both of them. You know you, what I'm saying? We can, can we no, fuck, can say Al? fuck Al or you, you pro Al? Can we say fuck Al? No, I was going to say something about all that. Okay, all right, all right, do your thing. All right, now, Tori's back. Tori's back. Tori's back. Tori's back. Now, here's the thing. You know, there's nothing wrong with these stories being told, you know what I mean? Because I think these stories do need to get out into the wider world. It's just that the people who are telling these people, what are their motivations? You know what I mean? 
who, how, how have they been behaving with grassroots people before this even happened, you know what I mean? The people who are getting these deals, and she's not the first, she's the first one that's gotten the most prominent, but I guarantee you she won't be the last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've already seen it already happen. You know, like when, right after when George Floyd was murdered, all these companies all of a sudden got a conscience and you started seeing black squares of white writing in them and everything, talking about we're sorry for black people and, and black murder, but they still haven't hired anybody. Yeah. No, it's so always I, a time period where they, where, like, you know, they always start to hire more black folks to do A, B, C, D. And then all of a sudden, after a few years, and, and the movement has passed or died down or been destroyed, yeah, then all yeah. those, those, those jobs get taken away, too. But these people aren't even getting jobs now. It's just they're getting like a couple of TV deals, and they're getting some quote-unquote representation, but they're not running anything. Yeah. So, yeah. Torin, if she calls you and says, uh, hey, Torin, Terrain, that ain't uh, happening, Tori, yeah. um, <laughs> we, got, we, got a, we got a news channel we want you to head up. You be heading it or what? You know what? I do it, but I'm going to have some ah! conditions. No, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Go ahead, go ahead, Let me finish. Go ahead. I would do it. I would do it under. I would do it under certain conditions. Yeah. Certain conditions. Yeah. All right, Q. I get control over who I bring on. True. Okay. I don't 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 censor me. Mm -hmm. And if we're gonna talk about that, I'm gonna bring some people from Ferguson who I know they don't want to see. I'm gonna bring them. They're gonna be my first guest. Well, at least you got yeah. I mean, Kalani just gonna take the money. He'd be like, Hey, well, listen, Kamal's gonna call. Kamal's gonna call me in two days. Like, yo, son. Where you at? You gotta deal with Warner Brothers. Renegade culture. Actually, I like and I like Patrice. I I actually hope. You motherfucker. I actually do like Patrice a lot. Ain't got shit to do with the politics. Well, I don't. You don't know what the politics are. So I'm saying that I'm hoping. I'm hoping that she does the best with this deal. But I am holding my. I'm holding my powder in me, like, let's see what happens. Listen, you know what and the more the words mm -hmm. of, 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 of Stymie from the Little Rascals. Which is the word? Fooey. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Renegade Coach, on that note, we're going to be right back. Yo, thank you, Tori and brother, for coming on. My pleasure. We appreciate you. Always. Um, where can they find uh, your work and check you out and all that kind of good stuff? Um, contextmedia.com. You can okay. also find me on Twitter, Torin Walker. That's where I am. My um, social media page is Context Media, Context Media Group. Any one of those you can get me, especially on Twitter. I'm on there way more than I need to be. Yeah. Okay. This is the best podcast you've ever been on, isn't it, brother? No doubt. I've only been on two, so this is my day. Okay, goddamn. Oh, man. <laughs> gonna... <laughs> After this, this is going to be your last podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tori, Tori trying to get that WB deal. You know what I'm saying? The WB. <laughs> <laughs> so when we come back. <laughs> we come back. We're going to be coming in with man, Brother Daoud. You know what I mean? He's going to be stomping through here, wrecking shop. You know what I mean? And um, right after that, what else we got going on? That's what we got, nigga. That's all it is. Oh, Renegade Culture, be right back. Bam! Renegade Culture, hip hopstery. Y'all know who this is? The B I G D A double D Y K any. The Big Daddy K, King Asiatic. Nobody's equal. Yo, Big Daddy K, he started off as a writer with Biz Marquis. In fact, he wrote some of Biz's biggest hits The Vapors, Picking Boogers, and all that. Then he linked up with Marley Maul and became a member of the Juice Crew. Dropped his first album, Long Live the Cave, classic from the door. Brought in a whole new different swag of the way he rhymed and things of that nature. Brought in some of the teachers from the 5% nation. In fact, the King Asiatic, nobody equal. That's a 5% term, you know what I'm saying? But the, 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 the flat top, the, the high top fade, as you call it, the cameo cut, you know what I'm saying, back in the day. Before Kid and Play and uh, uh, a house party and all that, Big Daddy Kane was scoop loving the whole nine. Now, Kane stuck out because not only was he a smooth operator, you know what I'm saying, but he was hardcore. He was battle tested in the whole nine. He was a part, as I said, the world famous Juice Crew, went on to uh, start uh, uh, in a movie Posse, did some acting, dropped like six albums. When he linked up with Teddy Riley for his second album, it's a big daddy thing. Yo, that's just showed that he could be hardcore, new jack swing, and pop at the same time. So, yo, when you're doing your hip hop story, make sure you understand about Big Daddy Kane. Word. Brock out, Brock out. What up? Renegade coaches in the building. 
Yo, right. how y'all doing out there? Kamal K. Franklin. Clyde Jamachanga, your favorite podcast host in the whole goddamn universe. You couldn't even get those fucking words out. So I didn't have to because they already knew what the fuck <laughs> I was. <laughs> 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 Podcast. Podcast. Uh, okay, I'm glad that you helping this man today. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my CNI cat over there, fucking ear <laughs> <air> doctor. <laughs> Help me come out, nice. get across the street. Nice. Oh, we didn't even say, yo, and where can you get uh, Renegade Culture at? On uh, SoundCloud, right. renegadeculture.org, okay. uh, Apple Podcasts, okay. right. on Playback Sounds TV, on okay. YouTube. Just, just that's, that's enough, B. That's just enough. Google Play. Playback TV. Spotify. Playback TV. Yeah, on YouTube. All right, yeah, play. All, all that. Anyway, all that. just okay. go to renegadeculture.org. You find all Pretty this much. other shit out. Anyway. It's out, it's out your, oh, my bad. I'm stepping on your lines. Yeah, I'm like so fucking stepping on my lines, my man. Go ahead, do that again. We're the professionals. They in the building? Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh. All right, just in case. Oh, nah, nah, nah. Don't, we trying to be friends with them now. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Don't act like you in the crew, nigga. You ain't hey, in the crew. I am. I'm over eight. Oh, you always, wait, so long. Fuck that. We together. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. You don't see his little medallion. He got a little plastic anyway. shit. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> he said I got a plastic medallion. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, who he got me? Anyway, musical guest tonight. From one of our favorite podcasts, the Brew Professionals. That's right. You know what I mean? From the, the urban servants. Servants. Urban servants. Now, you, listen, when the cat tell you they're a servant, then they tell you they urban servant. There's a difference between a regular motherfucking That's right. servant. True. A, regular servant might be getting paid to do what the fuck they do. True that. Urban servant, they coming from a, high, from a higher power. You know that's what I mean? Right. So that's right. what the fuck we down with. So this brother right here has like 16 albums out. 16 albums. Four 16. Years. Four years. Four, four years. 16 and four years. Right. What 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 uh Dre say when 16 ain't enough? This brother right here just dropped his last piece on October 3rd. Facts. And right. the name of the joint is Brew Russell. Brew Russell. We get it. Sort yeah. of like Bill Russell. Yeah. Player coach. Oh, that means he'll dunk your shit <laughs> all across fucking Atlanta if you need to. Anyway, in other words, beloved Dawood is in the building. Ladies and gentlemen, I was waiting for y'all. I was about to say, brother Dawood. It's the longest fucking intros I ever heard about. Hey, like fuck that. That's beloved Dawood. What's going on, brother? How man, you feeling? What's happening, man? All good, bless. We ain't seen in a while, man. Last time I seen you, you ain't had no beard. Your shit was lower than mine. Oh, nah, man. It's always been like this. Yeah, it, you my, even, my you glasses, know who the fuck you're talking to? I've been on the, yeah. We've been, we been on the road, though. That's all, what right, all right, all right. Been on the road. Right, yeah, been right, on the road. Right. That's good, man. That's good. Most certainly. You, you, you always come with, with music that, that, that touched the soul, literally. Absolutely. And, Rob, and Beloved Dawood's like one of the coolest brothers you're going to meet. Like this whole it's facade, all, the smooth energy thing, right here, the smooth it's thing. not a fuck it is. It's not a facade, it's the smooth thing. He's like, yeah, man, that's what the fuck we doing, man. He's like, I'm smooth, man. Step on my motherfucking sneakers. He's like, I'm smooth with my man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. he'll do it like Kamal do it. Oh, here we go. It's a little smooth. Yo, 616 albums, what is this 17th about? How many? The 17th is going to be on the 17th. 17th, uh, 17th of October. November. November. Okay. Oh, so you got another one you dropping right now? Yeah, I dropped yes. one on. I've dropped one this month, and then I'm dropping another oh, one damn, next month. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to get the. Yeah, I'm just trying to. You ain't trying. You doing? Yeah. You got 17 albums, like shit. Right. So, I mean, how, how you come up with 17 albums worth of material? I mean, you just go in the lab and smoke like a big ass spliff and be like, it's out. How work? Nah, you know, I actually like it just from you know day to day. So I take. My days ain't the same, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So I don't, if, if like when I wake up, I don't feel like, okay, I'm finna do the regular thing everybody do. So I just try to embrace, you know what I'm saying? Get right. ready to um, accept and then take what I have to take in. You know, I'm a father, I'm a my husband, I'm a, you know, businessman, I'm all these things. So right. I just try to 
get ready for that, just prepare. So with the album, that's what that is. So if I prepared and this what happened, I just try to, um, the obstacles and that was presented to me, how I got over the hump, I just try to give somebody else a little advice. So if you, you was gonna sum up like Brew Russell, right. album 16, you know, what would that, what would the inspiration for it be? And also, uh, is there a story behind it or is it just, Nah, man, just like if I if I'm saying be good, be good, be good. I just I'm just saying be good 16 times. That's mm -hmm. it. I'm just trying to express, just to say the same message, just in a in a Different more way. catchy way. Right. Yeah, until until it just strikes a flame. So it's like that. So brother, you here at the perfect time, because what we do is we do a bold question from Naka, mm -hmm. and I feel like with your chill demeanor. You might be one of the few people who's going to understand what Naka's trying to say, right? Okay, okay. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a little bit. So our bold question, our brother from Morris Brown. I don't know if he graduated, okay. but who cares? You know, it doesn't matter. African studies degree. How many times I got to tell oh, you? You did graduate. My bad. Yes. Oh, my bad. Don't right. disrespect. I got a little, I got a little college studies though. Yeah. Oh, see, yeah. yeah. no, I'm, yeah. I'm sure yours is better than his, man. You know what I'm <laughs> um, so we got like 12 bold, 12 questions in here. You know, you pick out one of the questions, okay. um, and then you read it out loud, and then we're going, you, you're going to get the first chance to answer. We're going to like see what's going on. Okay. So you dig may, deep in that bowl, brother. You may not, you may not be able to read what the fuck he's saying because sometimes I want you the camera to see it. Braille like, and shit. There's like 35 questions up in there. Oops. <laughs> Does American politics affect your lifestyle? American oh, politics okay. He tried to put that together. Yeah, to I see, that. yeah, I see that. Yeah, okay. but see, that's see, I, that's why I, I attack the world differently because I don't think like an American. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So from a cultural aspect, which is something that distinguishes a person, I try not to think like an American, so I don't approach life like an American. So I'm trying to make something else great. Mm -hmm. So if I keep my people on my mind, I'm going to eventually make them great. So American politics is not for me in, in way like it wasn't designed for me, made for me to put me up. But this over here made for me to be king. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather focus on being king over here because eventually this going to deteriorate and fall like every other Empire. society that ate itself up. Sorry, that was, that was a, That's a real great answer. That's deep answer about, from about, a, a dumbass with a good question. Yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty good. That was really good. That was about self-determination, you know what I mean? Not getting caught up in an American matrix. Yeah, Absolutely. Like did, you, did you like his answer, sir? I loved it. I, I loved bet you it. do. He Bab got, like, Babylon got, is falling. I, I know. It's <laughs> you got 12 people behind you and shit. Even if you didn't like it, you don't like it tonight. Like, oh, I, I like that. Girl. He could have said, uh, Bum skilly, bum skilly, bum bum, and you be like, oh, this shit was That's great, man. That's a great anyway. answer. Yeah. <laughs> so when we come back from my break, yo, my man gonna get down. He gonna do a, a song for us. You know what you gonna do? Yeah, man, it's called NBA. All right. Um, National Brewing Association, though. Uh, <laughs> <all right>. National <laughs> Brewing Association. And yeah. we gonna stick around and see if we got some brews at the shit's over. Nope. You know nope. what I mean? Hey. Just wanna make sure the hey. association is up to par. Okay. <laughs> Renegade culture. Yo, thank y'all for joining us. Peace. Black eye. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. no layup. Maybe if I gotta pay up, still stay down on the way up. A big thing for the prayer. Salt pack, ooh, got the flavor. Poor man still be my neighbor. Sit one tree, run the face. It got that good like Kato. Dunkin' no blocking, no layup. Maybe if I gotta pay up, still stay down on the way up. I'm big thankful for the prayers. So packed, ooh, got the flavor. Throw a man, still be my neighbor. 
shit, one tree run the favor. They got that good like Kayla. Exclusive commodity, we got the troll. This a monopoly. Devil repelling the vision improper. No low on top of me. These skills are not choppy. How's it not rocky? I am still poppy. Never get weary. I answer the answer and get it. No serious. Can't Google your who is it? Google beloved. You see how I'm served. True, make them nervous. I am a stoner. Hosting on Acorn. Lingo, stone, nigga, tablet, firm and light. Ooh, I am a maverick. Pressure applied, bullet away in me and the gods. Whether be tall, my life look pretty good when you go the true route. Thumb and Genesis numbers, rocking this E5, preach from the east side. Brewing fanatic, they said it, I'm crazy, the bull really padded. The kingdom we added and go through the process to get it established. Stick through the madness and burn through the fatness, you know I ain't capping. The rule out the captain, they showed me some things that I never imagined. I am the savage, I am a gentleman, make it a classic That finally get cut off in hell, like Tiffany Haddish Still stay down on the well, I'm being thankful for the prayer Suck pain, you got the flavors, poor man still be my neighbor Sick one tree, bring the flavor, it got that good like Kayla Drinking on block and no layup, made these vow, gotta pay up Still stay down on the way up. I'm being thankful for the prayers. So packed food, got the flavors. Poor man still be my neighbor. Sit one tree, run the favor. It got that good like Caleb.